You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Blue Jays fans, it is Jaybird watching part of the Stadium Scene Network of podcasts. Make sure we got that in. I'm joined by the usual crew of suspects, Adam and Craig. How are you doing, boys? Going on. Wonderful. Come on, can it get any better? Yeah, Come on. <laughs> it can get more stressful. Yeah, how are you guys? Definitely can get more stressful. <laughs> Craig, is that a stress beer? A midweek stress beer for Saturday? <laughs> uh, that's what the other three here on the desk are for. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, but uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a good game on Saturday night for sure. Uh, as I tweeted out on the account, you guys wearing your Bill stuff. And because there's a lot of crossover between baseball fans in Toronto and hockey fans, I figured I'd put for the there first it is. game of the year. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, Canadians are known for their hockey fandom, but uh, I like to push that stereotype aside because this is a baseball podcast, and I love baseball more than hockey. So let's get uh, discussing some of this crazy stuff that's happened the last few weeks, guys. It's not really been anything directly re- revolving around the Jays. It's everything revolving around the Jays, not directly as a result of stuff the Blue Jays have done it until today. It wasn't a free agent signing, but the Blue Jays announced, coincidentally enough, the same night where Leafs come back, I think they did that on purpose, uh, that Mark Shapiro has been extended by Rogers, a five-year contract extension. Um, a guy who many fans have slowly started to come around on, and I think the reaction from the extension today was pretty positive from the fan base. I didn't see too much negativity. But Craig, let's start with you on this one and kick things off. When you saw that announcement, what was your initial thought? Uh, about uh, Shapiro after five years. Were you happy? Were you skeptical? What were the first thoughts that came to your mind? First thoughts? We signed somebody! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to kill you on that. <laughs> <laughs> even said the same thing to my dad. He goes, really? That's our first signing of the offseason other than AJ? Are you kidding me, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> so, we sent, we, well, who's the starting pitcher we signed? Robbie, uh, Robbie Ray. There you go. <laughs> That was before like, any off-season stuff really materialized. The fact that we were going to wait in that kind of a lull today to, like, what, a week and a half ago for A.J. Cole? That's what I'm saying. Shapiro? Yeah. Freaking nuts, it's, man. It's the first major signing of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that is very, very <laughs> There it is. But, yes, no, I was very happy because we all knew he re-signed something. Otherwise, you know, there really would have been a big lull 
where I don't think we would have been having any Blue Jay news, rather on the fact that it hasn't been any rumors that have been actionable. But the fact that if you don't really have a president of operations, who's talking to the ownership and in between the GM? Nobody would have been a complete standstill if he wasn't at least extended. Maybe they didn't have the exact terms of the thing down, but they're like, you're not going anywhere. But now we know that he's here for five years, guys. This is a guy that helped lead up our uh, minor league system, has helped sure up the fact that we have one of the better training facilities in minor and now. And we have a home for the Blue Jays in spring and to train in the offseason. It's been a very big note that there have been a lot of Blue Jays already in Florida getting ready and gearing up for this season. And Nate Pearson and some of those guys being the names that are in, in and out already of that co- that wonderful new complex. And if you're signing the guy that was that was probably mostly responsible for getting the finances together for that whole thing, how do you not sign him back up? This is a looking up ball club, and I think a lot of that is due to Shapiro and obviously his counterpart, Atkins. Adam, what about you? Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I know a lot of people um, still to this day, uh, maybe not nearly as much as when he first came on board, uh, in 2016 or late 2015, early 2016. But um, I don't have a problem with it. To me, I'm still willing to give him the chance because in terms of pushing for a championship contender, he's unproven, uh, as well as Atkins. Um, and I've tweeted this out, and it's not the first time I've said this on this show. Fantastic at rebuilding, quickly. Fantastic at it. Not so great so far at making signings. Now, I know people are going to point to Ryu, which is fair, but otherwise, Kendris Morales? I don't know who. Do we have that? It was a notable free agent signing. Um, nothing to me that jumps off the page yet. So I'm still willing to give him a chance to prove that he can do that. He's willing to push the needle. There's still a lot more offseason to go. So he has time to bong. And given, I don't want to jump the gun too much, but given the the recent information that we have seen on Twitter, albeit not off, not official, um, regarding the Mets and their spending limitations, maybe this is a good opportunity for the Blue Jays to pounce. We'll see. Uh, but there will be more to to prove when it comes to Shapiro. And what better way to do that than give, to give him an opportunity for the next five years? So for me, I don't hate it. Uh, who else is going to take that job? I, I don't see anybody out there that could be a potential candidate that capitalized with the Blue Jays as much as Shapiro already has. So, uh, yeah, I'm cool with it, and um, I would like to think the majority of the fan base is as well. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't see anything too negative, as I said there, teeing up Craig to kick off the discussion. Uh, I didn't see any too many, neg- too many negative responses from anybody on Twitter. Um, Facebook is typically where you see in the comments section a lot more negativity uh, and semi-uninformed opinions. Uh, but, uh, hey, uh, everybody's entitled to their own opinion on, on the Guinness front office and their regime. Um, it, I'll ask you guys this, because it's taken so long for people to come around on Shapiro and Atkins, what do you think has made people feel a little bit more optimistic about the next five years? Adam, is it because they want system to be a competitive ball club? Obviously, there's still some holes, as we've addressed on every single podcast episode this offseason, that need to be filled. But do you think fans are comfortable enough in believing in the plan and process a little bit more? Because when he came in, he had a very, very difficult job of tearing down a team that people fell in love with. Guys like Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Bautista, Josh Donaldson, Marco Estrada, Jay Happ. Like the list goes on and on and on about all these guys who became beloved that left. Do you think people are now starting to believe in that and are like, oh, that's why we tore it down. They were getting old. We didn't have much of a farm system at the time and now it needed replenishing. Do you think that's what it is? No, I don't think that's what it is when it comes to the the casual fan. Maybe for informed fans, um, probably those that are listening to this podcast, appreciate the value of minor league talent and the building of a farm system. If not just to have an assembly line of talent, um, you can liquidate those and use them as funds for trades potentially. Um, I think the the more informed fans appreciate that and they see what he was able to build and that's why they think he is um, qualified to be the president of operations for the next five. Otherwise, for a casual fan, um, I don't think they necessarily care about the pipeline as much as what the product is like on the diamond in Toronto or wherever they're going to play this year. Um, I think the thing that might have given the fan base recently uh, is the recency bias of the playoffs of 2020. Now, given that it was a shorter season, 
I don't think, again, casual fans care. I think they just care about watching Blue Jays baseball in the postseason. And if you're coming off a postseason run, I think that earns you the right another chance, whether it's for a year or five, in Shapiro's case, five. So uh, I think that's what it is, and it's the promise or the hype of, hey, we're going to be pursuing free agents aggressively. We're going to build on this team. We know we have to get better. We're going to you know, pursue aggressively. Besides, I haven't really heard that from a GM. Alex Anthopoulos never said he was going to pursue people aggressively up until the trade deadline in 2015. Otherwise, there was no chatter about what he was going to do. So you, when you have a GM and a president of operations that are saying collectively, we're going to be aggressive, that gives the fan base a little bit of hope. And I think with that coupled with an extension, it gives them confidence that, okay, something is brewing here for this Blue Jays team. Craig? I, as far as the coming ahead part, yeah, I, there's something brewing here. And the fact that we did get playoff baseball, yes, it was probably a year we weren't supposed to, but it rewarded the fans 100 billion times over. And the fact that it shows where this team is heading and the fact that the main core of this ball club, that this regime assembled is starting to come into picture. We might not have a crystal ball and know what the heck's going to happen in the next five years with, with uh, Shapiro, but the fact that you're already at this place where this is at on paper, at least a 500 baseball team, it can only get better than guys because this team is not going to change much unless you add these big pieces in a trade or free agency, because this pipeline in the base is just literally unbreakable at this point. Yeah, no, very true. And one final question on this, because there's a lot of different topics to get to tonight. There's a lot happening the last week and a bit. Craig, do you think for people to be fully bought in, Adam, you kind of alluded to it, do you think for the casual fan, but also some of the people who are kind of still in the middle and holding out judgment on this regime so far, going to take for them to be fully bought in and invested? Is it consistent playoff runs year after year, or will it be an offseason where they've hyped up what they're going to do and want to do and actually delivering on it? What do you think is going to get the casual fan to finally be like, wow, I was very wrong about Mark Shapiro uh, and Ross Atkins when things started out, and I'm now thrilled and how it's played out. What will it take for that fan to get there? 2015 all over again. Yeah. The perfect storm of grabbing everybody and just speaking to the playoffs. Literally, there's no way. It's like, okay, Andrews, uh, get this out of here and just run. Gone. <laughs> you know, there's nothing to it. But I just can't believe that, you know, we're, we're already at that point right now. Like, if we were, were talking about where this team currently sits, this team is at that point is brewing here, you know, just like it was in 2015. Mind you, when all that stuff started in 2015, we were not a 500 ball club. People forget that. And it's yeah. repetitive that people forget that those trades not only brought in the talent we needed, the actual guys in the ball club that look, you're a good team, freaking run with this thing and get it over with. This team might be already up a step on them because after 2020, they already know they can compete. It's how far they can go. And if they get that big or grab a few guys and trade, all of a sudden, you know, we have two more all-stars on the team somehow one way or the other. Boom. There's every casual fan jumping right on the top of the train to run with us. So I don't think they're that far off. It's going to be one of those things. I think that pieces that last piece together for those people that were sitting on the fence going, eh, they're just a good team. No, now they're a great team. And that's what they need. Fair. Adam, any final yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I think it's going to take something like that. And, you know, I, I again, I don't want to jump the gun and bury the lead here, but I'm not sure that we're going to set hype and excitement in the offseason. I'm getting more and more pessimistic as the days go on. Um, but, you know, trade deadline, hot stove, I love it. And that that is one of the most exciting times in baseball other than the postseason, right? You know, what is your team going to do come trade deadline time? And last time last year, for the first time in a very long time, perhaps since 2016-ish, right? Because 2015. 15 was the big splash trades. 2016 were the incremental improvements that yeah, yep. we were able to utilize for future trades down the line. Um, those types of moves and those types of trades really ignite a fan base, especially when it's propelling you to a postseason run. So if if the free agency uh, route doesn't work out this offseason, which again, I'm becoming more and more pessimistic that it, it, that it will, there's always trades, right? And the Blue Jays, you, unless you have a no trade clause, Players can't decide not to play for the Blue Jays. Yeah. It's not like, Sorry. Come you know, on. You're going to have you fun. Taiwan Walker sort of just found have... out how fun it was. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of <laughs> don't have a choice, right? And this is A or the NFL where players hold out. It's it's sort of a different ball game. No pun intended. So I do oh. think that when it comes to trades, you'll see this fan base ignite. And 
if last year gave us any sort of indication as to how this front office will perhaps another incremental increase in intensity when it comes to how they're going to approach the trade deadline, uh, Blue Jays fans could be in for a treat. So uh, I do think that they're being aggressive. I do think they're trying when it comes to signing, but it's the breaks of playing in Toronto. So we'll see. But when it comes to this regime and when it comes to the excitement of the fan base, probably not seeing it to its fullest potential right now. But as the season progresses, you probably will. Yeah, no, that's a great. All way. I heard is Adam is uh, very happy with the tonight's show title of "Take My Money." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Craig appropriately named the episode title "Take Our Money" with a bunch of exclamation marks. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I really do. Um, and I, I won't linger on it. Let's move on to the next topic. One of those trades that could have ignited the fan base and made everybody say, "Hurry the fuck up!" Opening day would have been trading for Francisco Lindor who a week ago today, I believe it was a week ago today, or maybe it's a week ago tomorrow, uh, got traded to the New York Mets. A guy who is connected to this team, connected to Shapiro and Atkins, obviously, because they came up in the same organization, the the Cleveland baseball team or the Cleveland Indians, I guess they're still going to be called for this year. Um, yeah, Lindor, a guy who we talked about on this podcast, being a potential trade ship. I know that we've gone back and forth on what you would have paid to uh, get Francisco Lindor. But look, it went down uh, rather shockingly, honestly, just the return that the Cleveland baseball team got from the New York Mets. It was officially Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. That was a piece that was added on a little bit later when people started finding out about the deal for two shortstops, Andres Jimenez, who I think is the headline piece of that deal. Uh, a member had a few cups of coffees in the big leagues. Uh, and then two prospects, an outfielder, Isaiah Green, and right-handed pitcher Josh Wolf. Um, Adam, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, you were pretty clear the entire time, and I, I agreed with you. I think Craig agreed with you. Um, in order to Lindor, you wouldn't be giving up Lourdes Correal Jr. for a guy who would only play here for a year. Uh, Lindor said at his press conference on Monday that I do not talk contract extension during the season, so the very short window. Between now and the start of the season, unless the pandemic delays the start of it uh, a little bit to hash out a deal. Um, in the end, are you happy that the Blue Jays missed out on Francisco Lindor? Would you like to see them be a little bit more aggressive and trying to beat the ask? Uh, or any other thoughts that you have when you saw that return? Because people are calling it a heist. I think it was a really good deal for the Mets. Um Clearly, they won this trade and building something special there, and the new ownership isn't uh, really fucking around. So, give credits to the Mets for being aggressive and to really igniting a fan base, as we were just talking about. Um, am I upset that the Blue Jays didn't make this trade? You know, on its surface, yes, because I think at this point, when he was, you know, traded, I was just so thirsty for something. And yeah. I think that uh, the fan base for the Toronto Blue Jays in general has been. Um, even Gregor Chisholm tweeted out, he's like, you know, I'm to understand the patience of getting things done, but when I'm bored, that says something. Yeah. Right? And so there is something to be said about the Blue Jays' lack of, of moves here. And so I think at this point, Blue Jays fans were jonesing just to get something done. Um, but when you really break it down, could the Blue Jays have beaten this? Of course. If they packaged Lourdes Gurriel, I'm sure the deal would have gotten done. But I'm glad it didn't because I just don't want to give up Lourdes Gurriel for a rental, like you just said. Um, the fact that, you know, right now we're in a, a really good position where, you know, I think there was a seed of truth to what Lindor said when it came to, I don't like to negotiate during the season. So I think the Mets might be trying to get that done now which will lim really limit their ability to talk about George Springer or talk to George Springer, which I'm sure we're going to get to later. But that might benefit the Blue Jays. But the bottom line is this. When you look at the Blue Jays' infield and how it's structured, it's kind of clogged the way it is. Not really. You could always use or want a Francisco Lynn to make yourself better, right? That would propel you into postseason conversation, just him alone. Not World Series, but at least postseason conversation. Um but there's a lot of moving parts that make me kind of uncomfortable. And again, if they were going to chase a you, that really makes things a little bit muddier. I don't know. I, on the one hand, I'm just upset that they didn't make a move. But on the other hand, when you break it down to its bare bones, you're like, 
yeah, it would really maybe mess with Bo's development or mess with Kevin Biggio. Or, and those are three pieces that you really don't want to fuck with right now and you want them to stay on their trajectory, especially Vlad with the way he's been playing uh, during the offseason or at least trying to rebuild himself. So in hindsight, I'm, but the selfish fan in me, I really wish something was done just for the sake of it. Craig, what about you? I'm going to echo the same kind of mentality. Yes, I would have loved to have Francisco Lindor on this team, but I think if they were demanding that Loris Gurriel Jr. was the pit, we didn't get him. I'm 100% fine with the fact that the Blue Jays keep him Loris Gurriel Jr. Just think of how this team, the roster, could have looked. Okay, great. You have now Lindor playing, you know, shortstop. You got to move forward to put Bo there, or you got to put Ambigio off second to get him into second. Bobachet, one way or the other, ain't playing the outfield. I'm sorry to say. He he is he's just too smooth with all that flow in the infield. I'm not moving him out there. <laughs> so, and, but it, how much better is this team and moving, you know, those guys around and moving like Kevin Biggio to left field? I don't see where this team is really better on paper with that. The only hint might be is if we still got Carlos Carrasco in that deal somehow, right. that you would have made the argument would have been that much better because we actually had a guy that is – you know, solid. He's a number three starter on most major league teams. So I just don't see it for that price. I think with if you included Loris Gurriel Jr. and he was the must have from the Blue Jays organization that you just can't do it. There was just too much there. There's too much control. And I still think we're still yet to see the best of Loris Gurriel Jr. I really think he is going to be by the time all things are said and done with his, you know, for his contract with the Blue Jays. They're going to look at him as possibly being one of the best outfielders this organization has seen. <laughs> you know, I really think he has that talent. And I think what the Yankees got to see a couple of times from Lars Gurriel Jr. is more realistic than where we're going to see what he's forming like as a consistent staple in the top part of our lineup. And guys, that's a scary thought when you're already talking about Bobo and Vlad and now having Lourdes in that same equation, that's the same thunder you're talking about with Lindor already thrown into. I think the longevity of having Loris Gurriel cheap is the bigger part of that whole situation. I was almost Bingo. thinking if you were going to yeah. be putting Loris Gurriel Jr. at all in this trade, first off, he's going to be like the only guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just you throw him in in one prospect and then you're done with the trade. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays were packaging him to go to Cleveland, that that was probably closer to what the offer was rather than Oris Gurriel Jr. and three other guys. It just doesn't right. scream sense for this ball club. And I'm kind of glad they stuck to their guns on this. Like Adam said, I would have loved to see Francisco Lindor on this team, but unless they were going to do dumpster dive guys like the Mets got, gave up, no, not even thinking about it. Yeah, there's a lot of conflicting reports about what the Jays offered, if they offered a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, it seemed like uh, a consensus was that the Indians didn't want far off guys who were far off high, high ceiling, but guys who were like 19, 20 years old or even 18 years old. And that falls in the Rick Kelvin, uh, DeCastro, uh, or Gabriel Moreno, uh, and other pieces like that. So look, there are other ways to make the team better with better fits on the roster, whether that is signing Springer to play in the outfield whether it's fine Bryant trade that was rumored to be happening before the end of the weekend falls and the Blue Jays maybe are in on that one. Um, who could play third base? Bryant could also play in the outfield. Uh, so that could be a fit. Eugenio Suarez on the Cincinnati Reds, who probably by the name wouldn't get people as Francisco Lindor, but Suarez the last full year hit 49 home runs. He's a hell of a player. So there are other ways to improve this team with pieces that would interest teams Kind of like in the mold that we just said. I'm sure there will be a take of Reno or Raquelvin DeCastro or some of those prospects with higher ceilings that are a little further off. So I agree with you guys. I think, Adam, you summed it perfectly. It's exactly my thoughts. When I took a step back and looked at it and thought about it rationally, as the first thought was, damn it, we didn't get them. Mm -hmm. You think about it, you're like, okay, I'm fine with that. But at the same time, yeah, I want something to happen because I can feel on Twitter and it's starting to grow on myself. I'm sure it's growing in all of you. The anxiousness of when is the shoe finally going to, when is this team finally going to make this addition that they said they're going to make? Well, one saving grace is there's still free agents out there, guys. And that's where I want to pivot next. George Springer's still out there. Adam, you said that, and you sent this in our group text uh, leading up to the, the recording of the show, is the Mets 
are not so serious and engaging with them right now. And I think that may be because they're trying to figure out and dedicate all resources to locking up Francisco Lindor uh, for the long term. Uh, or they have a budget that they don't want to go above. Maybe they don't want to go above the list and pay that. And right now, I don't see how they can fit uh, George Springer into that roster without dumping salary. And a lot of a lot of contracts the Mets have are pretty bad contracts. Will be that will be tough to move. So, Craig, I'll start with you on this one. Um, are the Mets still a threat for George Springer? Something Ken Rosenthal said today kind of is making me think. Yeah, okay, I guess that can make sense. Is there still the four big free agents that are out there? And I'm going to blank on one of them for sure. But off the top of my head, Bauer, Real Muto, Springer, and DJ. Those are the four guys. And by process of elimination. Rosenthal still feels the Blue Jays are going to walk away with one of those four because whether it's the Mets falling out of the race for George Springer uh, or the Angels or the Red Sox or whoever it is just not being ready to pony up or the Yankees not wanting to pay DJ the making, he still feels that the Blue Jays will walk away with one of those four. Now, we've said this entire time, Springer should be the top priority. Craig, do you still think the Springer to the Mets is a possibility? you think they're playing it coy? To maybe be like, okay, you know what? You've lingered enough. Let's be 50 uh, over five, and we'll call it a day. What do you think? Are they still a threat to sign George Springer away from the Blue Jays? I think they are 100 billion times over. Like, a lot of millions, anyway, over. <laughs> so, uh, let's... But I, I admit with you that 100 billion, you know, whatever they're trying to do over is probably trying to sign Francisco Lindor right this second. They want him. They brought him to... New York for a reason. And I think that's because they want to get a Mookie Betts style deal done and just lock him up and keep him in New York. Especially this is the Mets making a huge splash on something that we guys hasn't happened in a long time. Wolfens weren't exactly opening up. They were doing nothing but opening up the pocketbook, really. Yeah. But I'm sorry to say a 34-year-old Robinson Cano now on PED suspension wasn't quite going to get it done. When they made that signing, you know, wasn't going to help. So Looking at this situation, they want to make a splash, and I really don't think that money is an object right now, especially if they do not get a deal done rather quickly with Lindor, like probably in the next few weeks. I would quickly pivot to just throwing a brick of money at Springer because then he's the guy they lock up. So I really think that the Blue Jays are going to be still at the same 50-50 right now where it seems to be tipping between the uh, Mets and the Blue Jays. So mostly, well, Springer will end up. The biggest thing that's scaring me all of a sudden, guys, and we're going to get to where the other gentleman just signed in a few minutes here, I'm sure. Where did the White Sox all of a sudden come from? You know, they're just signing everybody, it seems like, the last two years. And I figured after last offseason that they were going to be allowed. But yet again, they were here on somebody we're going to get to in just a few seconds, I'm sure. But apparently they're in on the Springer thing all of a sudden. It really is more of a competition than I thought it was going to be to get George Springer to come on. And I really think that is easily the, the biggest way that they, they can flip the script on that whole thing we were talking about earlier with the fan base. You throw a brick of money, it shows that they're ready to invest in this ball club, which has not happened, period, <laughs> in the last decade. So yeah. even when we were winning in 20, like we, we inherited a bunch of Troy Tulowinski money. It's not like they turned yeah. around and signed True. a ton of people. You know? <laughs> Adam, what do you That's where I'm at. What do you think, Adam? Because, uh, yeah, I, I think Craig brings a good point. I think maybe the Mets could be playing at Coy. Uh, I don't know. I, I Like I said before, I think they're serious about uh, extending Lindor. I think that's their number one priority. And if they only have a, a limited amount of time to do that, um, th- that seems to be what they're going to pursue. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, th- at the same time, they can't do two things at once and say, hey, look, Springer, um, we're going to give you a little bit less, but we have this extension ready to go for Lindor so you can play with the best shortstop in baseball if you sign with us now. Um, it depends on how, what Springer wants. If he wants the bag, then that might not be in his best interest. It just depends on what he wants. So for me, the longer the Mets wait, the better it is for the Blue Jays. It's just real question whether or not the Blue Jays are legitimately being used for leverage. Because time and time again, it seems like that's the case. That definitely seems like that's the case when it comes to DJ LeMahieu. Maybe that was the case when it came to Hendricks. It might when it comes to Springer. Uh, and if it is, I just don't see a scenario in which this will benefit the Blue Jays. I really don't. And Craig, you bring up a good point. You have the other teams that 
might start to be aggressive. Hell, the Red Sox, again, not to bury the yeah. lead, the Red Sox might be aggressively pursuing players, which is weird because he'd be in this, you know, pseudo rebuild. <laughs> but now they're just like, oh, right, we're the Red Sox. We have to please they're our They're this close fans. to being the Orioles right now. Just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, just like, saying. God forbid the fan base has an unexciting offseason, right? So, um, <laughs> Just think that it's because they lost Tom Brady. It's bleeding over sports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they, anyways, yeah, they I mean, yeah. They uh they I, I just think when it comes to Springer and the Blue Jays and whether or not that's a reality less and less likely. Um I hope it happens. I just don't see it. And right now, if they're going to do it, they're going to have to pay more than they're comfortable. And I forget where this quote came from, but if you're trying to win every free agent, D to come in third every time. I forget who said it, but that re- rings true to this. It seems like the Blue Jays are so risk-averse, so That's risk-averse, like all day. Yeah, yeah, to make a move. And they just don't want to do it in the middle and take a risk and maybe regret it later. I, I just I can't get on board with that. The Blue Jays make me drink. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think that's next week's episode title. Just say. yeah, hey, now next week that could very well be next week's episode title. Uh, Adam, you brought him up. You brought his name up. So let's let's go there next. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, another free agent who's in those big four that I mentioned, um, is apparently getting frustrated at the Yankees not meeting its price tag. Uh, look, I have my thoughts on the contract. Uh, I'll start with that. I think he wants to get paid like the power hitter that he's actually not. Because if you take him out of Yankee Stadium, his home runs are cut down by 50, I think even maybe 60 or 65%. And that's even if you move him over to the Rogers Center. I'm pretty sure somebody did that comparison. So long stadium specials off the bat of DJ LeMahieu the last few years. Uh, and I maybe force field. Yeah, it is. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so maybe he's overvaluing himself a little bit. But again, this is DJ's last chance to get the bag. He's just, um, he has been a damn good contact hitter for the last few years, and the power's come on. Um, and look, he, he's, he's getting frustrated. The Yankees don't want to pay him like the power hitter that he's not. Uh, but also, um, he's told his agent to go re-engage some of those other teams. And Adam, you said very possibly true there. I would probably say it's likely true, especially in the case of DJ Mayhew. Um, do you think the Blue Jays, or, or sorry, DJ LeMahieu telling his agent to go re-engage teams is just using who is his leverage to make the Yankees finally decide to be like, okay, fine, we actually really want you, let's meet your salary demands? Or do you think maybe this time around, if a team comes up somewhere close to where DJ wants to get paid, do you think maybe he actually takes that leap and leaves the Yankees? Uh, I think the Blue Jays are definitely being used as leverage. I don't don't necessarily think teams like the Dodgers are being used for leverage or maybe uh, the, the Mets that they're still involved, which it's kind of hard to believe they, but again, if an Lindor extension doesn't get done and they shift their focus to LeMahieu because Springer has signed elsewhere, hopefully with the Blue Jays, um, it could be a possibility. I just, I feel uncomfortable with the price tag. Was he want five at one ten or thereabouts? Four Something at one ten. Like yeah. Comfortable with that price tag. Um, I get. I, maybe I'd go four ninety, but that's really the highest I'd go, and I don't think that's going to get it done. Um, I, I don't see it to be a legitimate interest in signing with a team like Toronto. Um, and I don't know that I really even want it. Like I, I if. I would be disappointed of the big four. He would disappoint me the most if the Blue Jays were to sign it. That's the move that I'd be like, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I need a signing. <laughs> I but agree. I think I don't think he's have, going unless I sign either. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's the maybe market's before, not set. So how can you the Yankees pony up a crazy amount of money for him? It depends. I think maybe before Rio Muto, he'd sign because you know infield and and hitting it trumps it a little I'd bit. I'd say more they're on the catching. same ball. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but if. I think it would go in order: Springer, Bauer, Rio Muto, DJ LeMahieu. I think that would I be my level right. of excitement yeah. when it comes to those four players. So, um, if if LeMahieu, it means legitimately those aforementioned three aren't interested in Toronto, and they're just yeah. not coming. They're not. And at, at that point, DJ LeMahieu is probably like, "Well, Toronto's giving me the best offer." Might as well go there so I could stick it to the Yankees, but I just don't see a long-term Blue Jays. And I'm even in the near term, maybe for this year, that would benefit the Blue Jays, but I can't see that being a huge benefit for the Jays in 2022. That's why I'm weary of the signing. Maybe by 2023, I'm going to regret that contract. So for me, 
I, I'd at this point, I'd rather pursue Chris Bryant, really, in a trade yeah. package. That makes more um, sense. Yeah. So, especially when we have the prospects to throw at everybody. Right. Right. <laughs> so, and and this is even including the clogging of the infield that I was talking about before with Lindor. So, a hard pass for DJ LeMahieu. I'm good. Craig, are you along the same lines? Single hand review. If a Blue Jays sign DJ Le, DJ LeMahieu, this is my one sentence review. Too low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you, I love Troy Tulowinski, and I that was still one of the best things I think that could have happened as a Blue Jays fan. He was good for those first two years, guys. Yeah, he I, was. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, it wasn't the Troy Tulowinski we saw freaking crushing everybody and being the best shortstop in baseball, but he, so I think LeMahieu would be good definitely this season. Probably a hundred percent salvageable and still looking like a good signing the second season of that contract. But the third, fourth, and fifth season that he wants on this contract, it's going to look like a guy that can't stay around the infield. I really think that's where he's – I know he doesn't have a history of you know injuries like Tulowinski did or anything like that, but I'm going to use him as a comp. We, you just saw him fall off a cliff playing in the Rogers Center. You, there was no coming back from it. And, yes, the infield has built a better since then, but it's still the Rogers Center. It's still turf. It's still all the other things that – will degrade an older player and not trying to knock the ballpark as I personally love the ballpark. And I'm a little saddened with the news that it might be going away, but for free agent players, I would be, I, unless like Adam said, he's trying to stick it to the Yankees and just say, you know what? Fine. I gave you guys the two best years of my career and you did shit with it. Because honestly, that's what I really think it comes down to. Because as you mentioned, Brendan, he was not a power hitter. And he still is not a power hitter. I, I'm going to use the Ken Griffey Jr. line that he used to use all the time, but it was 100% bullshit for Ken Griffey Jr. to DJ LeMahieu. He is a good hitter that just happens to hit home runs. Mm-hmm. Ken Griffey Jr., yeah. home run hitter, no matter what Griffey always said. <laughs> I just don't see it. He's going to play well in the American League East if he plays for an American ball club. Outside the American League East, I don't think he's going to come close to hitting 20 home runs He's going to bat close to 300 and play a great second base, but he's not going to be a 30 home run, 100 RBI guy. No, that's what he wants to get paid like right now. And at that price, hard pass. I would rather sign JT Rio Mito and figure out the whole catching depth and situation later because that could open up trades. Uh, Bauer uh, intrigues me more. Uh, and obviously Springer. Look, about two of those big four, and obviously there, there's not much lately on Bauer. I know we put out that video. We're not going to talk on him this episode. And JT Real Muto's market is really quiet right now. There is not much chatter on him. This question wasn't in the agenda, so I'll repeat it for you guys to be like a little quick hit thing. Craig, does it worry you when Ken Rosenthal says something like, I still feel the Blue Jays are going to get these one of these big four just by process of elimination? Because by that, it sounds like these aren't necessarily your destination that you want to go to, or even if their contracts are somewhat close or some of the competition, it's, it doesn't feel like that's a, a, a destination that excites these guys. Does that worry you at all? Because to me, I hear Rosenthal say that, and I'm like, I kind of feel happened with Hunjin Ryu, but at the same time, like he wanted to go back to the Dodgers. That was clear. Uh, and when the Dodgers weren't interested, he's like, okay, the Blue Jays offered me this. Can you come up to here and meet me there? And they did. Um, but yeah, when I when I when I heard that quote from Ken Rosenthal, I was just like, okay, yeah, it obviously excite me, but at the same time, I don't want them to back into a signing. Kind of like how the Bills backed into the playoffs under Tyrod Taylor. It just mm. doesn't feel good. It did right? feel right. <laughs> no, exactly. So does that worry? How you did we get here? <laughs> yeah. <Come on. laughs> yeah. I I kind of tend to agree with you, but I wonder how much of this is just literally Ken Rosenthal being Ken Rosenthal at the same time. Because not no offense to all four of those guys, but if it came down to the point where it wasn't a per anything, do you feel like this management team would actually just throw money at something for the sake of throwing money at something? It doesn't seem like Atkins and Shapiro at all. I really feel like if they get backed into a corner where they get the don't get the guy they are actually looking to get, a la Springer Bauer in this situation, that they're literally going to just dive full on into this freaking free agent market and get whoever the big guy that they can get is. Because they would rather, I would rather spend the money, and I think they're in the same kind of ballpark here that they would rather spend the money us and taking on salary than dicking around with this bullshit that they clearly cannot put a close in. And 
it's just getting to the point of ridiculous. The guy I thought that we have talked about extensively on this show was a no-brainer sign, even for the player. Didn't make again. And I don't know if that's so much going on. And I honestly wonder how much of the homeless Blue Jays of 2020 is really affecting this free agent market because it is still possibly the homeless Blue Jays of 2021 coming. I think they're going to make the big splash, I think, through trade like we had actually made in our preseason, pre-offseason predictions on this show. So I think that's where it's going to eventually end up. Yeah, I, it doesn't necessarily worry me just because I think we're all in agreement here and haven't been explicitly saying it. Um, I, I just think this is par for the course. Like We should be used to this, right? It, it It's very rare for high-profile free agents to sign in trouble. And we every week, it seems like I'm saying this, and I, and I always have the caveat, that's not a knock on the city. That's just historically, that's how it is. You know, yeah. Ryu being the only recent exception, and before that, uh, I, Morales, that's what it is. So that's I, not, I that just, doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't count, <laughs> but that was the biggest one before, right? So I just think not Unless that, they were re-signing. <laughs> exactly. If you already played for the team, sure. But, you know, I, I just think, it, it that's going to be the case. It just see, and when you say by process of elimination, I think that's sort of being generous. Even I don't necessarily think that's true because now you're having more teams sort of reignited, right? The White Sox, the Red Sox. You throw those two into the mix, especially the Red Sox with their money. Um, I don't know. The Blue Jays can definitely get outbid, and people love playing in Fenway Park. It's very, you know, tiny. So uh, when you have other teams entering the equation, even the Dodgers. Right, reigning World Series champs who wouldn't want to play in LA, yeah. right? It, it gets muddled. So I thought saying that the, it, by process of elimination, the Blue Jays are going to end up with one of them. That's generous because who's to say that a team doesn't sign two? Who's yeah. to say that the Yankees don't get uh, uh, DJ Lem- sign Trevor Bauer? Who's to say? Yeah. I don't know. And or the Mets that, for that matter, they want to throw money at everything. It seems like right? exactly <laughs> or the Dodgers, right? Who's to say? Or the Red Sox. So, again, I think, Craig, you hit it, and we've said this over and over. The trade market is the best way to do it. And, unfortunately, there are players out there that could be severely impactful that will not waive their no-trade clause. As lo- The only thing that I think would stand in the way from people for signing with Toronto when it comes to having a, a, a designated ballpark is money. Right. Let's say that's standing in the way for George Springer right now. What's to say? I don't know where the home ball club is going to be, at least for the first half of the season. That worries me. If it's in Dunedin, that help him. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe he just has concerns. Um, Here's an extra five million. <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what's <laughs> this is your house. I saw where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take more money. Right. And this part where the Blue Jays front office can't be so risk averse, can't be so stubborn in their ways and say, "Uh, yeah, no, no. The machine says here that this is what you valued at. And I'm not going to budge for that number. Sorry, you're not going to sign anybody that way. You have to you have to overspend to get the guys you want to propel your ball club to make your ball club more attractive. Prospects are great. Young talent's great. I love me some Kevin Biggio. Everybody knows that. Bo Bichette is exciting, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., if he can get his shit together, is going to be great, right? But that's free agents to this team. It's just not. It's going to attract fans to the ball club, but it's not going to attract free agents to this team. The only thing that will is that the Blue Jays are serious in signing people with actual money that will make a difference. Then it's going to be it's going to have this air of, okay, now they're serious, just like us, Dean. That was the case. This is the recipe. This is what you have to do. It started with Russell Martin. This yeah. year it has to start with, with Springer. Yeah, that's true. It did start with Russell Martin back then. And even then, we've said this a few weeks ago, he almost didn't. It had to take that overpay to get a Canadian to sign <laughs> with Canada's only team. So if that's what it takes for Russell Martin, <laughs> of course it's going to take more to get Springer or Bauer, DJ or whoever it is to come here officially. But look, last kind of topic, there's a few quick hit ones at the end of uh, but we talked last week uh, that Liam Hendricks uh, had visited <laughs> Eden and met with Shapiro. I don't know what they were talking about. I'm assuming it was LeBlin, the White Sox, and whoever else were among the study wanted to meet in person. That's what it was said. He would go meet with teams in person uh, when he was ready to get close to making a decision. He didn't come to the Blue Jays. He went to the Chicago White Sox. And the deal was 
a $54 million contract. Now, there, it, it, it's a very oddly structured bit because to get it to $54 million, that's a part of a $15 million option that the White Sox would be picking up in year four. So in a way, it's kind of like a three-year deal, I think, at 40-something, um, 49. Uh, but that option or the buyout, whatever it is, gets it up to $54 million. That's a massive chunk of change for a reliever. And I know Liam Hendricks has been at like historically good levels the last two years. And we touched on that. I think it's 29 Eric Gagne type Cy Young numbers that uh, that Liam Hendricks posted. But still, it's risky to give a reliever such a big deal. We did it once. It blew up massively in our faces with BJ Ryan. So thinking about that, Adam, are you happy that Hendricks didn't sign here? Or is it another case of Lindor where it's like, at this point, I just wanted something to happen. And Hendricks would have had me excited because he has been so good the last few years. Or is the dollar figure just too big? Uh, I was more disappointed with this than I was with Lindor. <laughs> I was dead a million serious. times depressed about this. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I really wanted Liam Hendricks. And I think the three of us did based on past episodes and the commentary that we've had about him. Um, but for this price tag? Even though I'm saying, you know, money's whatever, it's not my money. I wouldn't regret it. Like I wouldn't say, oh, this is going to hinder us. But that's a lot of money it for is. a dude that, granted, his numbers are great. I, I think he's a five-war. Yeah, but he's, I think he's a five-war player, which is pretty good. Um, Actually, $54 million over four years. And that's if they pick up the fourth-year option. If they don't, so I'm looking at the structure right now, they're still going to pay him that final $15 million, but it's over the course of 10 years. Right, so either way, this guy's right. getting money. Right. That's where yes. the structure is. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's closer Bobby Benilla. Exactly. <laughs> he can just retire, right, and just yeah. say, I'm oh, getting, oh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good for this <laughs> amount of money for, uh, for every year for the next 10 years. Um, For me, it's it, the bullpen. I keep saying, you know, just dumpster dive in that regard because you never know. Bullpen arms are a dime a dozen. And I remember when the Blue Jays didn't sign Brett Cecil, when he went to the, the Cardinals, I was thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be such a detriment for the Blue Jays. He's going to light it up in St. Louis. Now it's like, you know, who? Who is that guy? Who's Brett Cecil? Um, they ended up being like a complete head case by the time he got to the Cardinals, too. Yeah, so that one, I think there was, there was some stuff on that piece going on a little bit out of the way. But I think that this piece of this whole thing with Hendricks thing is this was a redemption possibility. Yes. That was the, yes. That was the really the thing that this front office has made via trade. Yes. <laughs> you know, so in all reality, it was really weird to see him leave in the first place. But Adam, right where you were, go right ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no, no. I, I just I was disappointed that this didn't happen. And, you know, maybe your thing where maybe this year, hopefully for, for his sake, that he he performs well for the White Sox. But bullpen arms, unless you're a seriously elite closer. Right. And it's really hard to be a serious elite closer. Um, yeah, That value doesn't you know, maintain throughout the entirety of the contract. So am I disappointed that they didn't get him? Yes. Would I be severely disappointed if they signed him to this contract? No. But knowing this contract, am I saying, I can see why the Blue Jays didn't do that. Yeah, I can totally see. Craig? I agree that you can, I can totally see why, too. Uh, I, I That doesn't shock me. But if this was me in the driver's seat right now, this is the guy that you knew you had. Mm-hmm. And you let him go. <laughs> Just, so the biggest if you're not going to fix a starting rotation and we're going to end up having around, let's say we, we started spring training tomorrow and we are ended up having to bring you know, the right, the likes of Anthony K, Robbie, Ryan Baraki and company back into the starters mix. What better to fix the fact that your front end is so unloaded with talent than to reinforce the back end. Yeah. It's the, it's the 2015 freaking Royals. You know, yeah. it, it is what it is. And in all reality, Liam Henry, Regardless of the fact that it is the shortest little freaking window of opportunity ever for him to be capitalized on to the tune of this kind of money, you said it. He's Eric Gagne, 2020. <laughs> you know, the guy had 13 point whatever the hell freaking K's per nine. That is insane for somebody right now at the age of 30. If that's the, the contract that it took to get him done when we have zero payroll right now. Fuck, give him 15. I don't really give a shit. Get him here. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. I feel like they really missed an opportunity with Liam. What's the worst case scenario? Okay, great. We don't have a ton of payroll. We have to pay him for another, what, 10 years at whatever the hell it breaks down to, like Adam said. I'm not worried about it. I really want to, it's not, it would have been the difference. It was easier to pay that to Liam Hendricks for that kind of window 
And if he fell on his face for only this much, instead of watching somebody that is to the tune of like 30 mil a year, like George Springer and watching him fall on his face, um, <laughs> not saying that either of those would happen. Right. If you had to, if you knew had the crystal ball and you could see what was happening, you had to spend money on somebody. I just feel like that the safer bet on a lot of these things was Liam Hendricks, right? Now. Yeah. Um, look, if, if I can just interject, you brought up a good point that I sort of wanted to address that went under the radar. Um, you know, how you mentioned the starting rotation, how much do you think the lack of a starting rotation factor into this decision? Because if you got to imagine that, first of all, the fact is if everyone over five innings or six innings last season, right? So you're taxing your bullpen already at that. But if you don't have a reliable starting rotation, sorry, you're, yeah, you, if you don't have a reliable starting rotation at this point, this could tax him even more and he could blow out his. Yeah. So how how off how much right. do you think the lack of a starting rotation factored into this decision? It, assuming money's equal, right? Assuming money was equal, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, I agree. And you know the White Sox traded for Lance Lynn, so they made some reinforcements already, uh, and they were an up and coming rotation as well, who did pretty decently this past year. He made the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, no, I I could see that for sure. Um, maybe Hendricks didn't want to bet on that, and he's like, oh, the White Sox starters can consistently burn that's going to mm. decrease my workload because he was taxed quite a bit the last two years with the athletics i know hendrix has the starters background but i think if two years ago in that crazy f4 year that he had like eric gagne numbers pretty sure he pitched 90 innings he did multiple two innings saves. i think you're correct because yeah. at the beginning of the year he also wasn't the closer either so yeah. it was was the fact that he was a normal everyday middle reliever until you're in that spot by showing that he is freaking figured something out ridiculously good yeah. you know so the fact that the, but that was the other, I didn't think maybe it was a bad idea to make sure you brought him in because of that reason to help reinforce the back end of it. Okay. At least if he was able to pitch multiple innings, that means at least worst case scenario, he was going to have to be able to go back to back more often than I had to day to day anyways. So one way or the other, that would mean that I would think he's more readily fresh than not. So if you had three games in a row, where you were going to be one ball, one room ball games, he could probably pitch two of them and it wouldn't have been a problem. Mm. Yeah. Oh, very true. I didn't think of that. Very good point. Definitely could be a consideration for other relievers too. I mean, there's still some good ones out there. Brad hand is obviously still available. Uh, there are others uh, out there and I'm sure they are now salivating after seeing the kind of deal Liam Hendricks got. I know Brad hand close, but he's still a very good reliever who would be a nice addition to the blue Jays bullpen. So it'll be interesting. Um, there was one that other... we could get outside of hand, you know, because there's Archie Bradley, Kirby Yates. There's, there's a few a other guys that have been really good elite closers and came back to form like Trevor Rosenthal, too. So they're not quite dumpster dives, but it's putting them in that same ballpark that they're just as good as Delise or Romano. Right. So mm. you at least you're hedging the bet. You could get similar levels of production. Obviously, I don't think Hendricks is ever going to replicate his 29, but I think you could get similar ish numbers by signing Kirby Yates for half the price because Kirby Yates has been damn good the last few years or Brad Hand or Archie Bradley. There's a lot. Maybe you could sign two. I know it's getting aggressive for a team that hasn't signed anybody outside Robbie <laughs> a minor league deal, uh, but still it's a possibility uh, where you could bring in two of those good guys for the same price as one Liam Hendricks. So no, that's, that's possible. Um, Got time for a bold prediction? Yeah, yeah, go for <laughs> it. They'll sign Kirby or uh, Archie Bradley the day before spring training. <laughs> hey, I'm even giving you a day. <laughs> that sounds like someone oh all over again. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> At least this time, I would hope that uh, whoever they sign is being being dealt for more pieces of a rebuild, which we're not in anymore. <laughs> um, he's on the agenda. You know what? Let's save it for next week, just based on time. Craig, have there been any fan questions, any submissions from the listeners tonight? few of them happen to be on the agenda. So we have talked in okay. extense about Hendricks. Um, where's the one I was thinking? So Taiwan Walker came up in the Twitter stuff. Where do we think the Blue Jays are on possibly rebuilding and bringing back Taiwan Walker? Somebody found some fun stuff for our, you know, texting group earlier. Does somebody want to allude to uh, the fun they found on Twitter? Are you talking about the saying that he appreciates the Toronto fan base and um, there's that, and then there was some specific banter back and forth oh, between with Oscar, Oscar yeah. 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 It was a little uh, it, 
it, it almost sent a BFF level from when you texted that to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so honestly, I I think that after all these moves right now, that is the smartest play that the Blue Jays could make is bringing back Taiwan Walker and probably the safest and cheapest one in all reality too, because I'm sorry, Taiwan is one of the best pitchers on the market right now, but he's not power. That's not really what's going to drive it. Exactly. But in all reality, yeah, he's still one of the best guys on this market and he can drastically improve this team. And we saw what it did even for the Blue Jays down the stretch. He, I correct him. Is he the only Blue Jay that pitched into the seventh inning this season? Uh, other than the one Ryu start. He didn't. I don't, did he, I, did he make it into the seventh at one point? I thought, I thought his first did. start. Didn't Shoe in the last game of the season or the one of the last games of the season? I, I can't don't. recall. Uh, I'll check it out. Was I'll one, look that it up. It was one of the few, if that. So regardless, we're talking <laughs> three people that made, made it in the seventh inning this season. I think you're right, Craig, because I'm pretty sure I remember people on Twitter saying he pitched into the seventh, but no starter had gotten an out until Ryu did in that Baltimore start, or that last Yankees start was of the year. So yes, I think Walker got there, but was lifted pretty quickly. Um, check it yeah, out now. Look, if, if they bring Taiwan Walker back on like a two um maybe like 45 50 million i would not bat an eye at that i think that's fair uh, a fair deal for a guy of his caliber um and you know look i i think i've been on record saying this in previous episodes whenever walker's been brought up um if he's your number three and he's a damn good three at that but look if he opened as the two to start the year behind Ryu and then you bridge it to pearson uh and then however you decide to round out the rotation whether it's ray um, stripling, uh, whoever it is that is the last two in that rotation, you can get by. I don't think it's one where you're going to be excited uh, and go into the season and be like, oh, we're actually going to have a vastly improved pitching rotation. I think it's banking a lot on Walker staying healthy, something he hadn't done really this past year. Uh, it's banking, yeah, development. It's, it's banking a lot on Robbie Ray uh, getting back to his 2019 Diamondbacks form, which I think you started to see a little bit towards the end of the season. I personally thought Ray was getting better with each outing and that play leaf appearance showed that a little bit. It was really good other than that one run he gave up, but a Rosarena hit everybody. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I would have no problem bringing Tywin Walker back, and I hope that he's still very much on their radar. So, I, my, my biggest fear is that someone sneaks in and gets him. That's yeah. my biggest fear. Um and just to bring it back up, Walker didn't pitch seven. He pitched six for the Blue Jays. The uh, Ryu he came out for the seventh and get an out like Brendan was alluding to. Yeah, I me. Yeah, because I could have sworn somebody said that while we were watching the game, and then all three of us collectively said over the Twitter our uh, text group and going, "Really? The fuck?" <laughs> you know? Okay, I'll check that out. It it was he threw 104 pitches, so it's it's possible. Um, Sounds like a seven. Nope. Right Either way, maybe maybe that was the tip. He finally a Blue Jay threw over a hundred innings or a hundred. Well, yeah, that's that's the next thing I was gonna say. <laughs> Ryu, uh, one of the last games of the season against the Yankees, hundred exactly, a hundred pitching yeah. pitches going to seven innings. Um, let's see, when was he yanked? He was yanked by Tom Hatch. Doesn't say when. I figured out, but yeah, I, I'm, my biggest fear is that they're going to. Some team is going to swoop onto the radar, like maybe a Seattle for a reunion to get Walker. Um, the Blue Jays need to be aggressive. To me, I don't care where they're at right now when it comes to other free agents. If they're pre- Walker's not going to hinder you from making that deal done. And if it is going to hinder you from getting that deal done, uh, I mean, you're screwed. <laughs> you're screwed. With the word aggressive and free agency should have never came to play. <laughs> yes, you're screwed. So... Uh, yeah, I, I I hope they can get that done. I would rather that get done quickly as possible so we can at least have a rotation that looks attractive to potential free agents, whether it's relievers or, or um, field positional players. But something's got to get done. The reunion needs to happen. And this is a guy that has spoke glowingly about Toronto. I keep talking about how players don't want to come with the only exception of those that have already played for the team. Right. So once they play for the team, they're open to the possibility. Blue Jays need to get this done. There is no excuse. Yeah, I agree with that. Any others, Craig? Any other fan questions before we wrap things up? Like I said, I think we were reading everybody's minds on the Twitterverse this evening and uh, whatnot. But um, Blue Jays fans, just to you know, put this out there again and keep advertising the fact we are open here and we are happy to talk with everybody. So make you into the live feed on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and um, Facebook. 
hit us up. I'm watching. I'm sure you've seen me looking in this general direction a lot. It's because I'm actually chit-chatting with people. But in all reality, out of the at least the I have in front of me, out of the 100 people that we had with us live this evening on Twitter, eerily quiet, but a lot of the stuff we hit already. So uh, it is what it is. But And um, all I know is apparently I did nail the show title because I've gotten a lot of compliments. Yes. <laughs> so before we do, Rick Flair, I want you each to give me, if you're into this kind of stuff before the game happens, Give me your predictions for the Buffalo Bills on Saturday, guys. You want this first, Craig? <laughs> Mine's going to be more comical, so you can go first to it. All right, I do. Uh, <laughs> just a heads up, uh, Walker did not go into the seventh inning of that game. Thomas okay, Hatch right. replaced him at the top. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm very, very nervous about this game as each day, you know, inches closer to Saturday. Um, but then again, I was nervous about Indy for good reason in hindsight. Um, by the way, that was absolutely a fumble. Um, yes, Full on a fumble. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can see the gap between it, Pascal's knee and turf. Was it Hyde? If he's standing, yeah, oh, was it, a was it's it a Mike fumble. or was it Poyer? It was Poyer. Poyer was, the one who, Poyer was the one who didn't touch him when he was down, let him get up, and then stripped it. Such yeah. a mature play yeah. by Jordan Poyer. Full Such on. a mature play, and, and that should have been rewarded. I don't understand how that didn't get overturned, but regardless. Um, Somebody should be did, fired. Did you did not, Did you guys see the article I sent you both about that whole thing? Uh, apparently, yes. an eye doctor in Buffalo, New York, sent yes. a, a world invite to a guy to just everywhere on the internet. And he says, we find this guy because I literally will give him free LASIK server, surgery. <laughs> he can just yeah. show up. There will be no issues. It will be all taken care of by me. <laughs> if, you, um, if you guys are Bills fans, you should lis- listen to Steve Tasker's reaction to that call from the radio broadcast of <laughs> WGR. It was priceless. It was great. Um, look, I-, I do think this is going to be a tougher task. The Blue, uh, the Blue Jays, the Bills <laughs> have dissected good defenses in the past, right? They dissected Miami's most recent, dissected Pittsburgh's. Um, they were able to do, do damage against Arizona. Uh, Brennan, you know they were able to do damage, a lot of damage to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, same thing Had with the Rams. <laughs> the Rams were a good team, and they were able to dissect them in their defense. So I do have confidence that they're going to be able to get things done against the Ravens when it comes to putting up points. But it depends on how comfortable Jackson is in the snow. I'm hoping for more than an inch right now. It's calling for about an inch. I'm hoping. Blizzard, uh, white out. Yeah, hopefully. The loss of Zach Moss really does hurt this team, but I do think Devin Singletary is underrated. I think he can be a very good running back, and people are like, oh, he can't catch the ball. He's never really been given an opportunity to catch players on what they haven't been given an opportunity to do. So um, I think the Bills win this at home. Um, I'm really upset that it's a Saturday night game because I'm going to be just anxious all day. Oh, I'm not going to be just I'd 100%. rather it be at one. Just get it over with and maybe just drink my sorrows away at night. But just get um, blackout drunk before the game starts so you don't feel feelings. Maybe. maybe <laughs> I'm just going to stress eat just my pantry out of all the food. Um, 24. That's what I'm thinking. All right. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing I can predict per, per, for Saturday's game is a terrible amount of stress. Yeah. Period. That's the only thing I can predict, and I am honestly thinking this is going to be a no-defense game, period, and it is going to be like a freaking 30-something game, period, and it's going to be that ridiculous. I really think this is going to be, unfortunately, an offensive outpouring for both teams, especially if it snows, because when it snows this time of year in Buffalo, it's either just nice flurries and stuff, or it's literally a fucking blizzard, and they're just going to be <laughs> pounding the claw on the ground with hurricane-like wind in, a, in, the, in what turns a really weird tornado for those kind of games in the mm. in the um, in the Ralph slash New Era, whatever the hell it is called. Phil Phil Stadium. Stadium. <laughs> Jay Bird watching Stadium, again. guys. Come on now. <laughs> That's where we are right now. Jay Bird watching Stadium. Jay Bird watching Stadium. Yeah. Hurry up and get those Blue Jays deals out there so we can get some more sponsoring and we can get a real sports arena. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to all the Blue Jays Nation. Thank you very much for tuning in every week because like I said, we hit 100 fans just on the live show every week on Twitter alone and it's one Wonderful having you all here. So make sure you get those comments and pop a beer with us. Yeah. That's right. Look, I'm going to go 30-31 Buffalo. The Ravens will have the ball with a chance to tie it or score a touchdown. And Lamar God, will turn it over because it's snowing. 
Look, oh, I can watch this game stress free. I may take on a little bit of stress for you guys, but I'm so Saturday night. And Adam, to your point, last year when the 49ers played their divisional weekend game, they had the first game of the weekend, the Saturday 4:30 game, and I was like, "This is great because I will know if I can watch the last three yes. games weekend stress free and drunk on Saturday night after the game, or if I will be not watching football for the rest of the weekend." So it's I, I flip. feel you. Hockey season, bitches. Yes, right. Basically. <laughs> oh, guys, God. this has been fun. I, I wish you guys luck on Saturday. I'm sure we'll be texting during that. There's a lot of Blue Jays fans listening to the show that are fans of the Buffalo Bills or whoever you follow if your team is in the divisional weekend uh, upcoming on Saturday or Sunday. Good luck. Uh, we are football fans here too, so you can talk to us about that. But uh, look, the Stadium Scene Network, I'll say that again, uh, where you can find us uh, all over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, all your different podcast players, Spotify, Apple Music, everything. Give us some ratings. Give us some stars. Five stars, man. That helps us out. Do that. Always, as you said, contribute with any questions you have. Craig is the moderator in the little chat room that you got going on there. So send them in each episode. But guys, let's end things with two claps and Ric Flair. Woo! Let's get Blue Jays. Spend some money. Trade for somebody. <laughs> Clean. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.